Lead the charge with Milwaukee. Performance, power, precision, no petrol hassles. Learn more at milwaukeetool.com.au. Milwaukee, nothing but heavy duty. Aces, I know I always talk about the Rixies, but I've got to offer you the discount again. In case you've forgotten or in case you're sleeping under a rock, we have a special discount code for everyone that listens to this podcast or watch the podcast. It's Aces. Head online to rickseyewear.com.au and use the discount code ACES and you'll get 20% off. That's right, 20% off, one-fifth at checkout and free express shipping. So head online, rickseyewear.com.au and check it out. All right, do we have a big show for you today? Let's get stuck into it. Welcome back, everybody. The podcast, the Tommy Talks podcast. I've been looking at all the DMs. You know, before I introduce my guests today, I go on my phone. I see so many comments sometimes, um, you know, at all hours of the night, uh, and you see these messages, and all they want, all the people want, they want a lot of things, but one of the main things they want is they want the dog back in the studio, so I've got him. The brown dog's back, baby. Tommy, yeah, it's good to be back, mate. (laughs) uh, I've missed you. I've missed you, mate. I've missed you. I've obviously, we catch up on the side, but I always go, mate, I need you back in the studio soon because I've got a a lot of people, you, you kicked our season off in style and- it's not like this ain't a one and done. This is you keep coming back. And <laughs> when the spring carnival is around the corner, I just thought it makes sense to get the dog in and to go through all of the spring carnivals and get his mail because um, I know the dog lands male. You don't have to be right every time, but when you're right once, it's generally juicy and it'll be enough to uh, for all of us to celebrate. Yeah, well, fingers crossed, mate. Uh, my favourite time of the year, sort of the end of September, which leads into the grand final and now spring, Good horses out, weather's nice. Um, we get to the racetrack, we like to socialise, and uh, it's a bloody good time of year to be in Melbourne. So I know you're turning 30 and, and heading off to to New York. Yeah, that'll be nice. Yeah, heading to the um, heading to the states with the fam. So beautiful. Going to catch uh, when this podcast is out. I'll be watching the uh, the Chargers and Dallas all the just before. So do that in LA and then head to New York for a week and a half with my with my mum, my dad, and my sisters. So um, we'll find some winners, mate, and we'll pay for the trip. Yeah, That's so I'll have to get a VPN, mate, and hook it up so I can do a couple, <laughs> so I can follow the dog's tips. So I'll put a few future bets on. But um, before we get into Spring Carnival, mate. Talk to me about your grand final week because you were everywhere. Yeah. Um, what does a what does a grand final or an AFL finals series look like for the brand dog? Uh, no, it was busy. Obviously, there's uh, there's the extra work that you do, um, you know, throughout the course of the week. But then you're trying to enjoy yourself as well. So there was the Paul Connors Wednesday night party at Bell's Hotel. There was a, a lunch on Thursday. Um, I was out and about Friday night as well, um, and then the, the grand final. Uh, was just was massive. From from the morning, did a few crosses for seven and ticked a few things off. But once they bounced that ball at two thirty, I was done and dusted and really pinned the ears back. So yeah, it was it was actually pretty funny. I got I got a call like a month out and and they said, oh, how would you like to be involved in the 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 rule lunch, which is the old EJ Witten lunch? Yep. <clears throat> and um, I've done it a few times. I thought beautiful. That, that's that sounds good. You know, go there for a charity for a really good cause. Sit on the panel for. 10, 15 minutes and, um, and you're done. I didn't think too much of it. I'd agreed. I'd, I'd committed to, <laughs> to the lunch. And as the lunch got a bit closer, I saw some of the names that, you know, they were, they were starting to get Simon Black and Gavin Wanganeen, 
um, Max Gorn, Christian Petrarca, um, John Platten, right? I'm thinking, these guys are legends. How good is it going to be to to sit on the stage with them and tell a couple of grand final <laughs> stories? And I, I read the first panel, you know, it was, it, was, it was hosted by Luke Darcy and I wasn't on the first panel. I thought, beautiful, I can sit back, enjoy my steak and have a few beers and I'll come in on the second panel. And then the second panel was released. <laughs> I wasn't on that either. <laughs> <laughs> I thought to myself, what the, what the fuck am I doing at this, <laughs> at this lunch? Right? Yeah. Unbeknownst to me, they'd wheeled in a treadmill, right, and my involvement in the day was to run on the treadmill for the duration of the lunch for three and a bit hours, oh. right? <laughs> is, that, is that what you were doing? Yeah, so everyone was sitting there having like, lunch, having beers, right, and they put me in, um, in a rural polo, which is woolen, right, and I got on a tready. <laughs> And I ran at eight and a half kilometres an hour for three hours, mate. <laughs> Ringing wet. People are walking past going, good on you, Benny. Cheers, right? Having beers. I ran 25 Ks. Was cast. Absolutely cast, mate. And my calves went, my ductor, my knee. Like, like, it was great fun. It was a great cause. We raised, you know, like um, 110 grand, you know, for a great charity, prostate cancer. But um, it wasn't how I envisaged <laughs> <laughs> the Thursday of grand final week. I couldn't walk for a week. I didn't yeah, know was, that was because I've seen all the, I'd oh, seen, and well done, mate. Congratulations. I've seen all up. the work. And I thought, yeah, that was a planned approach. And you've been doing all these runs around the tan for that, re- for that reason. You've gone there for a lunch on the piss. I thought I was going to get on the piss. I walked, walked in with my suit. <laughs> they quickly put me in my runners. So, no, it was. It was good fun. So That's grand final week done and dusted. Uh, can can relax a bit now and really just focus in on the ponies, which is good. Yeah, that's oh, it's a great, it's, it's, you know, seamless for you straight from the uh, the footy season into the ponies. Did you watch the um the league granny as well? Huge. Like, like what a weekend of sport. It was just the AFL granny was a cracker. Could have went e- either way at the end. And then same thing with the NRL. Like what were your takeaways from the uh, NRL granny? Oh, mate, I, I think rarely in sport, do you see someone just literally put their team on their back and and just carry them to win a you know win a, a grand final? Like so players do it in the home and away season. You know Toby Green has done it, and I reckon Jordan to go in the prelim did it. But when the game is at its hottest, that's when that's when you make your reputation right and stars rise. And uh, and what uh, Nathan Cleary did, oh, mate, mate, in that you know the the back end of the second half was. I'm not even a rugby guy. Like I watch it and I like yeah. the Storm Boys and everything, but like you couldn't help but sit there and be just inspired. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. um, it was freakish. And then he come out you know, a few days later and he's going to miss the Australian tour because he's got that knee injury which he sustained like at the eight-minute mark. Crazy. So you just you, you just think, wow, like you're just even in more awe of, of his performance under a bit of duress. It was, it was, it was the best couple of days for sport in Australia. Like the granny couldn't have been better, ours. And then, and then the NRL tops it probably on mm. the Sunday night. Best reality, you know, TV yeah. of all time, if yeah, you ask me, sport. Yeah, no, I'm with you. You I can stick, you know, yeah, you're, yeah. you're married at first sight <laughs> and all that up your yeah. ass, mate. Austra- <laughs> Australian sport, that's the real deal. <laughs> you're not watching that at home, are you? <laughs> Mass, yeah, I do, <laughs> man. Yeah, you watch yeah. Mass and that, do you? Yeah, I do. Do you actually giggle at all the stuff? I've, well, yeah, I, I just I just look at look at the participants and be like, how the fuck can they put themselves on this show? <laughs> like, what do you expect? You know? And then they say, oh, they manipulated, they edited footage, and I, you know? It's like, well, it's not season one, season <laughs> 11. <laughs> you know what you're going to get, yeah, you know? Yeah. They edit it really well, don't they? How do you reckon you'd go on something like that? Like, genuinely, disaster. Like, just a disaster? Yeah, I'd be just 
go and berserk. <laughs> and then the edit would the just abuse get you. people. Like, yes. Yeah, no, I don't take dickheads lightly, man, unfortunately. <laughs> Too honest. It's got me in a bit of trouble over the journey. Oh, but. it's fucking funny. Let's get into it. The Spring Carnival. For anyone out there that doesn't understand the Spring Carnival, what, what, how would you sum it up before we get right into it? Oh, I, I, I absolutely love horse racing. So for me, it's about um, – like racing to, for me ticks every box because – you can go there and not know a thing about horses and get dressed up and be social with your friends and you'd still have a cracking day. The other side of it is is obviously if you love, you know, having a bet and um, and you follow the horses, you go there to have a few beers with your mates and have a punt and watch the really good horses go. But you can you can make it whatever you want and, um, and, and that's what I like. Melbourne's always been a really social place. Um, and you get 100,000 people at, at Flemington or, you know, at Caulfield in the next couple of weeks. Some are there to just party for the DJ afterwards. Some are there for the food. The, the, the oldies can go and sit in a, a dining area and, you know, yeah. have, a, have a nice relaxed day and nice food. You can do whatever you want. And, um, and so I enjoy that. So I'll try and do all of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all in one. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it is. It's a special time of the year. And um, I'll be – one of my favourite race days is Caulfield Guineas Day because you get uh, unbelievable Group 1 racing. It's not packed to the rafters. Um, it's a bit more for the purists. And then Flemington, you know, rolls around. Um, well, Cox Plate is probably the best in terms of – from a viewing point. You know, heaps of people go to Flemington. They don't even watch a race because they're in the birdcage socialising. Whereas if you go to Caulfield, you're right o- at Cox Plate. You're at Mooney Valley. You're right over the, the track. Yeah, you, know, you can really – it's like a cauldron. You can yeah. really see it. Um, and then, yeah, Flemington's – Flemington's – it's good. Yeah, it's not too bad. I, I, my favourite day is Caulfield Guineas Day. So I'll be, I'll be heading there and, um, and enjoying it. That's, is that on this week? Is yep. that, yeah, it's on this week. So when this podcast gets the results. So we'll start with Caulfield Cup. I wanted to give everyone a, a brand dog special. But yeah. not only, we're not, not just talking horse racing, but we're talking about Caulfield and the Caulfield Cup. You know, I'm talking kit as well because I've got to Derby Day and some people that don't understand the rules on Derby Day. But Caulfield Cup, talk to me about the day, how you should shape your day up with the dog. Yeah, well, so when I first come to, to Melbourne um, – <clears throat> Early 90s, the, one of the first – I loved racing. My old man owned trotters and gallopers and um, had a bit of success with racing with, you know, Rex Hunt and a, you know, a few of those crew. <laughs> um, but one of the first race meets that I ever remember going to, like not with my parents, like like with a few mates, was uh, the 97 um, Caulfield Cup. Might and Power won it. I actually – Backed Might and Power that day as like a 13 or 14-year-old. <laughs> I got a little dog. I named it Mighty after the great the great mayor. Um, and That's brilliant. Yeah. And so um, Might and Power lobbed that day. Very famous ride. Um, the, the, the pumper jumped and the instructions were- Jimmy you know, the pumper. Yeah. On it? Uh, the instructions were, um, you know, don't don't lead. And, uh, and Jimmy jumped and led and kicked and won by eight, seven or eight lengths. One of the great rides. And um, the horse went on to, to win the Melbourne Cup, and that is a, like a, a, a famous memory for me. So I've always loved um, the Caulfield Cup and the history of it. Um, so it's a bit of a shame that we don't get the same internationals going to the Caulfield Cup, like the Japanese and everything, like we we had before um, COVID. But there's a there's a horse that come to Australia a couple of weeks ago, um, 
and it's called West Wind Blows. It's an Irish horse that's been racing in in England and France and um, really good horse. And I watched it in the Turnbull and I, I basically just said, no matter what happens today, if the horse wins or runs fourth, it'll just be perfect for the Caulfield Cup, West Wind Blows. I think it's 650 or seven bucks. It's it's probably one of the favourites for uh, the, the Caulfield Cup, but I reckon, I mean, it's a really good horse. Um, I reckon it's better than than the lot we've got here in Australia, and that run in the Turnbull was was really good. Got got well beaten by Gold Trip, but um, hit the line well for second, and, and that's who my money's going to be on. I still reckon it's a pretty decent price. Yeah, West Wind Blows. is juicy, yeah. Um, there you go. That's your tip. What about Caulfield, the track? What do you love about the, the just the day and, and the, you know, it's obviously – it's it's a yeah it's a different day to like as I said Mooney Valley and Flemington and all the other tracks but what do you love about Caulfield? Yeah, they, they've done well. I think I think what um, racing clubs are understanding a little bit more. I mean, the, the couple of things that they they've needed to to get right is tapping into the next generation. Racing has always been for for the older people, and you know you see a lot of elderly people on track. How do you engage, you know, the next up and coming kids? Um, to want to go to the races and have a day out. So things like uh, they've had beach, beach club parties and DJs after the, the races and, and all that sort of stuff, they've made it more a, a party yeah. environment. Um, a bit like golf, you know, how golf's becoming well, like that now. Well, yeah. live golf a little bit. You know, that, that was dying a very, very slow death. You had your traditionalists that loved golf no matter what. But how are you going to engage – young people that want excitement. You know, cricket did that with the Big Bash. Um, and you got to remember when that first started, we were going, what, like 20, 20 over cricket, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yeah. and and all that sort of stuff. But they were almost ahead of their time a little bit and it's just taken a few other sports a, a little bit more time to catch on that um, while tradition is great, um, you, you need to continue to look for the next market and Peter Volandi's is the best sports administrator in, in the absolute country, if you ask me. He runs a race in New South Wales and rugby and everything. He, he invented the Everest. Now that's I mean, that's that's the, the golden crown for sprinters, you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, big prize money, that helps. But you've got to make it uh, a, an enjoyable environment and event for to cater for everyone. And I think Caulfield do that unbelievably well now. They've got, they've got the kids' club, so you can – rock up as a family and have the clip-clop, you know, kids doing their face painting stuff. you got the 18 to 25-year-olds that just want to go there and smash cans and you've got the older oh, – I'm getting old now. 40-year-olds <laughs> that love racing and sort of in the middle. I don't want to be sitting behind the glass having, um, having, having you know, scones and, and tea. <laughs> um but I, I don't. I'm not there for the rave for the for the party, you know. So you find a nice little little marquee there. You can have a few drinks and socialise, and um, and then for the other, and then the, and then the connections well catered for there. There's you can get in the mounting yard if you own the horse, which is what the real experience of of racing is. There's nothing better than than rocking up on course. And I I used to do it. I've only got shit slow horses now. <laughs> we need uh, to get you a fast I, one. I rock up to the Stony Creek. Uh, <laughs> you know, mounting yard for a for a maiden to watch my horse run last. But I used to rock up and have a <laughs> have a favourite in the group one on these big days, you know, um at Crawford and Flemington, Sir Rupert Clark Stakes and things like that. It's when Sweet Idea was going around and like 
the anticipation, the build up for the race. Did and, you, like, you, did, oh, mate, it's the best. Like, yeah, yeah, like when you walk in now, right? So comparing when you did have the group one and it's a favourite and it's a big chance, fair few people coming up to you, getting around. How's she going to go? And, Good yeah, luck, yeah, you know, yeah. like and you're in the man. And now you kind of go and you're doing that to others kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. supporting your, your mates that have have horses in the big races and there's a part of you that's like, damn it, you know, like I'd love to, but um, it's just different. And that, quite and often that, you've backed the horse as well. You've known where they were going to go, so you've taken future bets at a good price, and yeah. you've got to go on for the prize money as well. So yeah. it's just oh, a bloody great. It's, a it's big just day. a great feeling, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, and then know. obviously the disappointment if they don't win or whatever. But that's the dog that's, picks himself that's back up pretty sport, quickly. You know? Yeah, I know you got to move on quickly. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's I just I, I want to. I'm not in a horse, and I've always said I'll, later in life, but I'd want to do it with me mates. But geez, I could only imagine, you know, like Brody we had on the podcast with Solcom. It's in the Melbourne Cup. It's I think third or fourth favourite. I can only imagine how nervous and and the feeling of that. Like it's almost. I reckon they'll be so nervous on you know game day race oh, day. Like you'd be walking down. Everyone you're be more going, nervous um, as an owner of a horse than you are going into a grand final or a big big match because you feel like you've got no control over anything. Trainer's done the training. Jockey does you know the riding. The track is what it is. Throughout the whole process in that week leading up to the Group One or the big race. Like you've really done not a thing. Yeah, you paid the bill. That's yeah. it. Whereas footy, you you know if you've you know you've done your extra massage, you've done your recovery properly, you've done your goal kicking after. You know going in that you've you're where you need to be. Yeah. Whereas you have no idea about you know the horse, the jockey, the, the, <laughs> yeah. everything. So you're just hoping, really hoping the little jockeys don't fuck it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't do Which that. Happens every now and then. <laughs> they do get stuck as long as they're not on the fence, man. If they're stuck on the fence, that's what. That's one thing. Surely the dog would have said to. Have you ever have a word to the jockeys? Uh, the two things I hate. Uh, I hate horses getting too far back. Yep. And then like flying for a good fourth or fifth. Yeah. Like waste of time. Waste of time. Yeah, I'd prefer there, them to yeah. be up on speed. And digging and fighting, and then if someone comes over the top and it fatigues in the last 50 or 100 and you end up running fourth, I'd prefer that because you feel like you're in the race the whole time. Yeah. I hate watching horses get you. back. And I hate when they go back. I know some have to. That's how they're trained and that's how they run best. But I don't understand this, right? So I've always thought about it like as if I was to race you, right? If me and you run from here to a kilometre away, right? You'd win by Yeah, but it doesn't matter. I'd meters. have a time and so would you, right? And we'd do it again and we'd have another time, right? So the horses are the same. They run to time. But I don't understand why they can't change the pattern of what the way they – I know they like to swoop, like the lead. You know, but I think if you're a swooper, then sit at midfield, just midfield. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't sit dead last. It's, well – Sit midfield. Barriers and tempo and, and all that come that into it. Obviously that stuff comes but, into it. But if you've got the chance and they – you know when they, they come out of barrier one or two or three and they – and they just go slow yeah. and they all just come across and you go. You get buried on the fence. Buried on the fence, but it's a swooper. It's all right. And it does. It comes flying through. The, it comes flying through. You and need going, luck, don't you? Oh, you need more than I luck. I would have had a heart attack if I owned Chautauqua. Oh, That yeah. horse would get back last and still be last at the 400 and you'd go, oh, can't win. And like – like it's the most exhilarating <laughs> watching a horse come from last. It is the best and though, fly, yeah. <laughs> but leave me out of it, mate. <laughs> on Gay Waterhouse, <laughs> race them on speed, <laughs> yeah. race them to be tough, and uh, at least then you know that you know yeah. they're, they're half a chance. That's like it's brilliant. Staying on Caulfield before we move on, your biggest win on the punt at Caulfield, your most memorable win on the punt at Caulfield. You'd have to have one, wouldn't oh, you? Oh, we've hit the quaddies a couple of times and. Um, and there's been a few good results. I won't go into figures because uh, you might think I'm a bit sick. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they, 
But I mean, when, when you're in a group quaddy with your mates, and whether you've put in 10 bucks each, 50 or 100, whatever it is, I reckon that feeling of you're alive in the last leg and, uh, and my, my absolute punting pet hate is going one out in the quaddy in the last leg. Oh. I think it's just absolutely ridiculous. Go wide in the last leg. Go early. And give yourself, you know, multiple chances of, of yes. winning because you want to win. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I reckon when you're, when you're alive in the quaddy in the last leg and um, you're with half a dozen mates on it, you know, a Bucks party or you, we had my Bucks party up at Ramwick um, oh, the year Boban won the Epsom. And um, actually, that's the year that we're out at Mississippi, you know, that good joint in Double Bay. Yeah, yeah. And we're sitting around on the Friday night having a few drinks and um, the talk turned to uh, chokeholds. And, and Johnny Barker, great mate of mine, um, I'm the godfather of his first first daughter, Charlie, um, he was into that old jiu-jitsu. We were training with John Donahue, who was the grappling and tackling coach for the Storm. And Johnny had this obsession with putting people in chokeholds and – and putting them to sleep, right? <laughs> yeah. Which is a fucking weird obsession. But, uh, <laughs> he's, yeah. Um, anyway, we're, we're sitting around having a few drinks in, in Double Bay the night before the Epsom, and um, I start chirping away at Jason Dunstall, chief, right, and just having a, having, having a crack at him, giving him a little clip. And um, he says something along the lines of, mate, you keep that up and, and uh, Barks will put you to sleep. <laughs> and I go, oh, yeah, good on you, mate. You know, I've been playing footy for 11 years. No one's ever you know, knocked me out. I've never got knocked out. <laughs> That's why I always laugh when I say something and people go, oh, Brown's got too many head knocks, CTE. It's like, I wish I could use that as an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually can't because I never got knocked out. My brain is fucking fine. <laughs> it's, it's full health. Um, and, and I said, oh, yeah, I've never been you know, knocked out or put to sleep, so I doubt that any of you flogs sitting around here would be able to do it. And um, I keep chipping it at Jason uh, throughout the course of the night and uh, Jason goes to Johnny but clicks his fingers and goes, Barks, put him to sleep. And Barks goes, whoa, 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 and I, I can't do that. I ain't made him on. It's his Bucks party. Mm. And he says, if you ever defy my orders again, you'll never work in the industry. <laughs> so Bar- Barks' uh, assistant coach at Carlton at the time, <laughs> right, aspiring to be a senior coach. And he goes, oh, righto, right, so – um, I have one more go at, at Dunstall and he goes, Barks, sleep. He comes up behind me and I knew it was coming, right? And I sort of leant, leant back into Barks thinking like he's not going to actually do it. And he does that, whatever the, the choker hold is, mate. I wake up 10 seconds later to the security at Mississippi <laughs> going, <laughs> wake up, I wake up. And he says, mate, you're out. You've just passed out in the in the establishment. I said, and I went, no, no, no. And I got up like as a snitch. I went, he, he did it. He, he did it, right? And um, yeah, mate, he just laid me on the floor unconscious. And Dunstall's sitting there, big Jace, like laughing, great bloke, he's laughing, and he's going, Kip up, flog, have a nap, can't like this. <laughs> just just pot me while I'm unconscious. Mate, sobered up instantly. Yeah, anyway, I digress. Um, <laughs> I but, thought there'd be a name of a horse or something. Digress. You can digress all day with fucking stories uh, like that. The, but uh, being alive in the last leg of a quaddie with <laughs> your mates alive, at, yeah. at, a, you know, at a function and you, you, know, you, you get the chockies is great. 
Just a little oh, tangent. I went off a little tangent. The chief just giving you a couple on yeah. while you're, while you're K- just – Kip up, he reckons. Kip up. That is that is great. Kip up is something you don't hear, that terminology. Nah, that's a bit old school. That's yeah. fantastic. Kip up, flog. Kip up, flog. <laughs> <laughs> no concern at all for my safety. at school we had blokes doing that kind of stuff, but they would push you on the wall pretty dangerous, but like it was similar stuff and you just, they had to keep breathing in and if you just kept pushing them hard on the wall, they'd run out of oxygen, they'd fall asleep for 10 seconds and away they go. It'd become a bit of a, it was a real dangerous thing yeah, going around not, at school. It's not safe. So, so you have been put to sleep. Uh, that, that, that's that the, the only time. That's and, the only time. Is it was, he just, just bang, just. Yeah, it just cuts off your oxygen to your brain and he couldn't believe how quickly I went. <laughs> but I think because I, most people would resist that, you, you know, because you, put me because to sleep. I, because I knew it was coming, I sort of relaxed into him. Maybe, maybe that's why I went really quickly. That's it, yeah. <laughs> Security. What was it like getting slapped on the face? Well, I was pissed off because I had a Malibu pineapple, and when I fell on the ground, <laughs> I, had, I, I spilt it. So I was ropeable that I'd lost half my drink, you know? On the Malibu pineapples. Well, oh, mate, I reckon you've made them famous. Like I, a lot of people out there do send us at the aces uh, just on the piss. Yeah, fantastic. Malibu pineapples, and they just it's write drink, on mate. the brown dog. It's a drink. Yeah, it's and it's one of the it's actually one of the nicest drinks you can have. I'm, Underrated, I'm, like, mate. Yeah. Oh, like you go to you can only like you can have a vodka soda. You can have a lot of them, but it gets to a point where you go, oh, it's a bit. You can taste the vodka now. You need a sweetener. Yeah, Caribbean rum, baby. Oh, <laughs> you should. I honestly think you should bring out your own Caribbean rum. <laughs> I honestly think if you if you believe in something so much, I mean, I believe in it. I only had the drink because of you, and it tastes that good. No, it does. It's I don't nice. think there's anyone out there putting this in a can. I think we've got ourselves an it's opportunity. Fair, yeah, that's actually a really good point. Just in a can, one flavour. It's not like you've got to go and continually market. I judge um, establishments as to whether they have it or not, and I know the high-end ones oh, see. Don't, don't have it, right? And they say, oh, we can offer you an alternate, you know, of something – Fuck off, mate. I want Malibu. That's what I just, that's what I just asked for. Go down to the bottle and buy yourself a bottle of Malibu. I'll pay for it for the, yeah. and we'll sort it out, you know. I don't want a, an alternative. It's actually a great one. Any establishments out there, if they don't have Malibu, there's something there's wrong. There's a few that don't. It's too, it's, it's, Is it because not a lot of people order it? Maybe. I think that they think they're too good for Malibu. Oh, is Malibu not that high up on the – I wouldn't have thought so. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you why, because because majority of people are 15 to 17 that drink it, yeah. and they're not allowed in the establishment. <laughs> so what's the point of having a drink that they can't order? <laughs> oh, it's one of the nicest drinks, so well done. Righto, so let's get on to Cox Plate. Um, now we go to the Valley, Mooney yes. Valley. As you said, you got horses there before the race. Is he still doing that? He still does that, doesn't he, Daryl? Uh, no, he didn't the he last didn't? couple of years. No, and Robbie Dolan sang it and um, – yeah, I'm not sure why. Okay. It just changed it up, but it's it's iconic, uh, brilliant. Love that. Um, I was there for. I used to love Sun Sunline back in the day. So, um, you know, 1999 when I was near 10 and 2000. Like she was, she was the horse that I loved. Um, so they're the early memories. I was there for Winx's four Cox Plate. So it's a great, it's a great race. Um, it's a funny one. So Amelia's Jewels at this stage right now as we speak is not going there. Um, and Romantic Warrior, the, the Hong Kong horse that was a $2 pop in the Turnbull last week. Wasn't that disappointing? Got rolled. And I, and I actually I actually laid that horse. Um, 
didn't didn't I was prepared to risk it on yeah. the day because at that price, first time it's raced out of Hong Kong, drew an awkward gate. Um, the, the, the the trainer um, Shum come out and said, you know, the horse is only eighty five percent fit." So there was just a few little factors that I was like, "Okay, well, I'll just lay it," and we got the result. But um, he'll like the horse will be much better second up, and it's a state it is a, a bona fide star. So I wouldn't read too much into um, into it getting rolled in the Turnbull or come on from that. It'll be fitter. Certainly, you know, you'd think if it's uh, if it draws a gate and can sit on speed at Mooney Valley, that'll help. Um, but I, I'm a I'm a huge fan of of Amelia's Jewel. Yep. Just need to work out who's favourite in that race. Yeah, Amelia's Jewel at four bucks. Romantic Warrior four fifty, and then Mister Brightside six six dollars. So surely, yeah, Brightside's a good horse. I mean, best miler in the country um, without a, a doubt. Hasn't done a thing like it, it, every Doesn't race you wrong. watch. It's yeah, just, most consistent horse in the country. Oh, like I bet against it last race just because I thought oh, I'll take Alligator Blood. It silly. blew it apart. Yeah. Silly, silly, yeah. and and you think in this race? I mean, it's only another likes the valley. It's only another four hundred and forty meters. Well, it likes it likes the valley. I mean, it won the it won the All Star Mile there. Um, this is obviously a bit further, but yeah, couldn't rule that horse out. It's a star. I, I would lean to Amelia's Jewel if it runs, um, and if not, I, I reckon it's probably a race. There's not a lot of value in a a gold trip could come out and yeah, gold and trip, win. $7. I know that. Last year was huge in the Cox Plate and um, come out and won the Melbourne Cup. Similar preparation, obviously, this year. Why not? Um, it wouldn't surprise me. But, yeah, I'd, I'd lean probably towards – I hope I hope the Jewel runs in the Cox Plate, the, the Perth horse. Yeah. So you're going to go with the Jewel. That's good. So we haven't got any roughies yet, but that's great. I mean, nah. traditionally in the I've Cox – I've got a roughie in the Melbourne Cup. Oh, there you go. We'll get yes, to that in a second. and it'll be a huge price as well. Oh, we love that. While we're on uh, the Cox Plate, memories, what should you be doing? You know, the area, it's a little bit out. You know, it's around Essendon Way. Um, just things that you used to love, people you always go to the track with. Any other tips on Mooney Valley? Yeah, I, I've gone to a couple of Cox Plates with uh, with John O'Brown. Um, I think he was actually the – Ambassador last year is the face of it. So good. There's a good area up the top of the um, grandstand called the observation deck, and um, and that gives you a really good bird's eye view of the track. And I think last year it was maybe a bit rainy and wet and overcast, so it's good to be under a bit of cover, be up there close to a bar, um, and close to a tab as well. Just <laughs> because sometimes at the racetracks with it, with so many the people data there, crashes. Yeah, you can't you can't get on. You know, on your on your online apps. There's nothing better than wiping a bookie out, though. I know they always beat. I mean, the bookies always win, but when you can physically go up to a bloke, it doesn't happen much, by the way, Brown. Dog, cash but feels good, doesn't, doesn't it? Doesn't it just go, God, mate, just going to cash that yeah, bet in, and, he, really and you can good. see him just getting the cash. <laughs> that feels and, so and good. And you can look like you look him in the eye, and like you can see, like the just the pain in their face. <laughs> They're annoyed. <laughs> yes. You know. Um, and you come for more later and you give it yeah, back. Yeah, you give it yeah. back. And, <laughs> and they start smiling at yes. you and welcoming you back. But it's uh, that's the great interactions that are, that are no longer on course because we all bet online, right? Mm. And much better. But back in the, the days, you just heard legendary stories of Kerry Packer and like people that would would swan through the, the betting rings and the bookies, you know, they'd be terrified or they'd be happy and yeah. um, big money exchanging hands and, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of um, 
unsavory activity, probably got a bit of la- money laundering going <laughs> yeah, on. would have been for sure. Fruit and veggie markets and <laughs> all that sort of shit. But, <laughs> but that used to be legendary, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and resu- photo finishes that, that were $100,000 results for either the, the punter or the, the bookie yeah. and the swings and roundabouts of, of it. Yeah, it's good fun. It is great, mate. It's, it's awesome. I'll, I'll finish with my tip. Now, I'm a hack. I love sport. I, I, I put all my energy into, you know, even US sports. So when it comes to horse racing, I just rock up on the day and I just look at me. For, I can I can read a form guide, but if you send me a tip, I'm on that. And I'll, if I like something else, I'm on that. But one thing I'll say, and, and I'd love to get your opinion on this, but at Mooney Valley, I don't care how good the horses are in their form. If they're a leader, they go right up in the ranks. There's something about leading at that track, even if it's not even going that well. These leaders, they just hold on. The track, the, the, the straight is straight short. short. Yep. And, and it's you not, slingshot around that yeah, turn a little bit. Yeah, and I reckon just with the big fields and the big day, everyone just overemphasizes the form and all that. And and, I, and, I, and I've, I've never really backed a winner because I've done that and I've always left the track going fucking – it's a leaders track. I just should just I should just back leaders all day. So that's one thing that I always live. It's a if it's a nice juicy, you know, if the horse is going well and it does like to sit on the pace, that, that's a huge plus. I think so. Um, because that straight is shortish, um, some horses need to to balance up and really go through their gears, which you can do at Flemington. There's that big long straight. They, they say get to the clock tower and count to 10 and then let it go. At Mooney Valley, you don't have that. They start quickening it, you know, the, the, the 500 past the school and then you get to that turn quite quickly and they they try and skip clear. You can get a length or two if you're a leader on the field mm. and then they've only got, you know, 200, 180 metres or whatever to the finish line. You can see horses fly late but yeah. the, the leader holds on, right? It's yeah. not always the case but um, I agree with that. Yeah, certainly um, – Certainly, uh, it's beneficial at, at Mooney Valley to to be you know on speed. Mm. Let's go to Flemington, the big week at Flemington. Uh, Derby Day is traditionally black and white. Yeah, black and white. Well, tell everyone why because we've got mates that have rocked up in. Oh well, that's me, mate. I sort of t- I, I don't adhere to any dress codes ever. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> You told me to wear shoes. You told me to wear shoes and look respectable, and here I am with (laughs) more issues than Vogue and thongs. Fuck dress codes. I I rolled. um, I rolled into to to the Cup Day a couple of years ago. We were doing SEN track from a marquee in the members, and I had just jeans and a t-shirt, and they wouldn't let me in the members because you obviously need suit and tie. But I was carrying my suit, and I said, "Oh no, no, just comfy." And then when I get up there, I'll put the suit on. And they went, oh, if that's the case, Campbell, no worries, right? <laughs> so I swanned my way through. Mate, I wasn't putting the suit on at all. It was, it was like 30 degrees. I just hung it in the in the corner. And just sat there and like went, Mate, I was the only person on cup day rolling around the members <laughs> like this. brilliant. So fuck dress codes. <laughs> <laughs> you do what you want in life, you know, feel comfy. But it is traditionally black and white. Uh, yeah. But why? Like, can I, can I ask no why? Idea. No idea. No, wouldn't have a clue. Yeah. But like. You know, some people are adamant you must wear black and white. And, and others, do you get in? Like, do you generally get into members without colors. wearing black and white? No, no, I think now, mate. Like, what are they going to say? Like, oh, you've got a, a yellow dress on, you're not coming in? Yeah. Like, seriously. Yeah. Get, 
It's Derby. Well, that's Derby Day. But what, but why is it such a big day? The most group ones, is it? Or there's, there's something about Derby Day that every year we... we great, yeah, always great racing. Always great racing. Um, at Flemington, obviously. F- then, then we go to the four-day Flemington Carnival. Starts early. It's like 10 o'clock. I don't know. It's just like... It's just like... I mean, it's a, it's a really big international presence as well. But Melbourne people love sport, whether it's the Grand Prix, whether it's um, the, the Australian Open... Like whatever it is, they rock up in mass because it's it's just it's ingrained in you, right? Um, and then you get all the internationals that come for the, the three or four days, and it's just a great it's just a great festival. I mean, the bird cage and all that is different to what it used to be. Remember back in the day, they'd have Paris Hilton, yeah. Um, they'd have um, uh, Pussycat Dolls, and you know, like all sorts big, of big people names. would roll, would yeah. roll through. Um, You'd be in there, wouldn't you? Would you be I rubbing to, shoulders? Yeah, I used yeah. to be in there. Good mate of mine used to run the Lavazza Marquee, Trent Knox. Shout out to St. Remy Coffee. And, um, <laughs> Is he still yeah. doing it? He, he's not with Lavazza. He started his own company. Is he um, building up to get back there? Yeah, I reckon he is. Yeah. And, mate, he, and he was the king of the birdcage <laughs> for so 10 good. years. So he, he was the, the man hot, that controlled the, the Lavazza Marquee. And he, he could, when, if he got in there, like you're set. It was great. Big, great party, you know. Big dogs. You'd be swanning around. Lara Bingle would be there. And oh, it'd just be yes. bloody, you know, it'd just be nice, like the who's nice who. day. Um, so, yeah, good vibe. Members is outstanding. The new renovation at, at Flemington's unbelievable. If you are lucky enough to get up, you know, in, in the new areas. Champagne room, brilliant. isn't it, or whatever it's called. Yeah, and, you can, and the lawns are great and the roses, like, are, are, are special. Like, it's just – it is good. I mean, it's a pain in the ass to get to. It's a lot harder to to get to all the Uber drivers and, and taxis out there. Uh, and I just want to say a big fuck you <laughs> because they don't they don't put their um, meters on and, they, oh. and they're dodgy bastards. They come up and they say, "Oh, you stuck you stuck there last year. It was pissing down with rain. All you want is to get an Uber or a taxi." And they come up to you and they wind their window down and they say, "Where wouldn't you like to go?" I said, "Richmond, two hundred and fifty dollars." Fuck off, mate. <laughs> It's usually like thirty. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So everyone's trying to make a make an earn. Oh, it's, it's if you've done your day on the if you've won on the punt, you're like, yeah, mate, yeah. no worries. Have just have just get 50. me out of here. <laughs> yeah. But half the time, I don't like being robbed. You know, and that, that's just thievery. It, it is. I, th- I think there's a new rule that's come out. I think they have. Yeah, to, but they don't. No, nah, they don't turn it on. We got done the other day. We picked up after the. Uh, it was after the prelim, I think it was, and we. Um, and we went down and we, we couldn't get a – we got like – we were trying to get a cab and there's none of – like there was none around. We Can't grabbed one. one and the bloke goes, where are you going? And we go, we're going to Middle Park. It was like – honestly, mate, it was 15 bucks. Yeah, and what do you say? And 200. he goes, 70. Okay. And, we, and we go – and we couldn't actually get home. And I go, boys, we split it Just up. It's do nothing. It. You know what I mean? Don't worry about it. And anyway, he's driving. I go, mate, why is the meter not on? And, and, and we literally said, you're robbing us, aren't you? And he goes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> Literally looked at the mirror and goes, I am. And I go, oh, at least you're honest, mate. Yeah, we'll give you a tip. We'll give you a tip. trying to earn a buck, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're taking the piss sometimes. We but I would, order, I would make sure you order a, a car. And you pre-book it and you say to your mates, you know, like, let's just all put in whatever X amount of money and you sort it at your own time. Because if you think you're going to be on the piss all day, roll out of Flemington, get to the Uber or um, or taxi line and get one. Mate, you're dreaming. You, you've, you've been an hour and a half. Yeah. It's and, and by then, you've, you've had a great day at six o'clock, you're trying to book dinner or whatever. By the time you get in a taxi, mate. 
you did sit want to fucking kill someone. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it ruins the mood. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. you're right. And that's actually a great tip. And that's why we've got the brown dog on here because you've got to know the tips when you're going to Flemington and the, and the, and the Valley and Caulfield for that matter. And if when it's at Flemington, the, the Ubers and the and the, uh, the the shuttle service after the day's end, you must be organised. It's funny. We had a day where I think we've had one winning, you know, we had won the quaddy. So there was about – how many were there? Was I think I told you last time there was about a fifteen grand collect between six of us. We we backed this thing called Kentucky Breeze or something because I just come back from America. I said chuck that in because it's American name and you know we all up we're all up and about and because we had to wait for them to go get the cash at the back. We we, we we then we couldn't get home. Right. And I and I went up to a maxi taxi and said because all the other ones were gone. I said mate, how much? And he goes no 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 booked booked. And I, I think we all said oh well. What if we pay you X? Yeah. And he goes, jump Unbooked. in, jump <laughs> yeah, in. <laughs> That's very Vegas-esque, so, so, that. He you goes, know? yeah, jump in. So he's just rolled. Like, So you can even book them and you still got to be careful. So gotta I think you got to book your, like better off, maybe man. someone at home who's not working in the industry. Yeah. I reckon that's the mail because I reckon nah, money talks it, uh, nah, it in does. that car park. Um, yeah, <laughs> no, nah, there's no doubt about that. I was just, um, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you my worst ever beat on the punt, right? <laughs> <laughs> this will be brilliant. So, so I, I went over to Hong Kong 2015 um, with a group of mates, and um, we went. I really wanted to go to um, Happy Valley. I'd been to, I'd, I'd, sorry, I really wanted to go to, to Sha Tin. I'd been to Happy Valley on a footy trip for the Hawks in 2008, um, and I'd never been to Sha Tin. It was a big international race day, and um, so on the Wednesday night, me and a group of guys go to Happy Valley. Bit like Mooney Valley, but with lights, right? Middle of the city, lights on, great racing on a Wednesday night, and then you go into Lang Kwai Fong um, and you, you have a great night. And so we're up in in this area behind the glass about three levels up, having dinner, a few drinks, and I'd lost in race one, I'd lost in race two, I'd lost in race three. So because we gamble responsibly and, you know, we do all that sort of stuff. <laughs> Campbell Race four. Yeah. Actually, there's going to be an episode two of Campbell responsibly. We'll get to that later. Uh, so race four comes along and a few, you know, people I was with, oh, who, 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 we, who are we on in this race? I said, no, 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 guys, I'm sitting this race out. I'm not going to have a bet. I don't like anything. I've lost in the first few races. So I'm not going to have a bet. So anyway, these two horses break away from the pack and they're going down the, the straight at Happy Valley, right? And so it's a great battle. You know, it's just a, a two-horse war. And they hit the line and you've got to remember I'm th- three levels up on the piss behind glass, not betting in the race, so I don't even care who wins. And I go out loud to my table, oh, inside, right? My, another mate of mine goes, oh, Brandy, you reckon inside? I thought outside, Right. A guy called Mickey Carter, great guy, right? Big punter, like everyone loves Mickey Carter. Mickey Carter goes, dead heat. And I go, mate, no way that that was a dead heat. The inside got it, I think, or the outside got it. He goes, I'm telling you, it's a dead heat. He goes, I said, fucking no chance. He goes, you want to have a bet? I'm thinking to myself, this fucking bloke's trying to pick a dead heat to the naked eye from the third level on the piss. I'll take that bet any day of the week, right? <laughs> so I go, yeah, you're damn right, I'll take that bet. He goes, whatever you want, right? And I go, right, I, um, he goes, a 1,000. And I'm thinking to myself, fuck, mate, it's not enough. I go, 2,000, <laughs> right? 
So we shake on it. And I'm thinking, this is the easiest money I have ever made. Right? All I need is a result. Like, there'll be a margin. It'll be a centimetre, two centimetres, and a head, short after, whatever. So the whole room gets wind of the fact that we've bet on a dead heat in a race that I didn't even want to bet in, right? Didn't want to bet in. Now here I am riding the result of this, <laughs> this photo finish, and you always know in racing that the longer you wait, the closer it is. So everyone's gathering around and we're, they're laughing, right? Yeah. <laughs> and Mickey's on the dead heat and I'm, and I'm obviously on a result, yeah. didn't care if it was inside, outside, and we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting and, mate, this fucking photo takes forever and the whole room's gathering around and then in the frame comes dead heat. <laughs> and I do my ass in a race I didn't even want to bet in on a bloke picking a dead heat to the naked eye. <laughs> fucking unheard of, mate. Unheard of. <laughs> so if that's not the worst gambling beat of all time, I don't know what is. <laughs> I'm guessing you didn't have a go in race five, surely. No, nah, I didn't, man. <laughs> you would have been bleeding. I went to a place called Dragon Eye in Lang Kwai Fong. I got so pissed <laughs> that I went, you, you go up the escalators, up, and you walk down the stairs down. Like that has been happening at Dragon Eye as long as the club has been open. I decided in my wisdom <laughs> that I was going to go down the escalators the wrong way, right? <laughs> So I'm going We've down. All done them as kids. I, yeah, I know. I'm going down. I'm going down. I get halfway down, and I realise that I'm going way too quick for my own good. And I'm, it's like three in the morning at this stage, right? But I'm committed to getting to the bottom where all the boys are waiting, right? And they're waiting, and I start going fast. And I start doing two steps at once, and I get to the bottom, and I, I completely lose my footing, my legs, and bang, mate! I had my suit on. I hit the ground, dislocated my shoulder, tore. All my shirt, my suit, my, my, I had like the lines and the fucking thing took me back up to the top <laughs> and, I, and I'm going, dong, 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 mate. They reckon it was like weekend at Bernie's. They could not stop laughing. They're down the bottom. Fuck, are you all right? And I like dusted myself. I legit had the lines, man, yeah, all over me. They're sharp actually, yeah. And I walk I walk into the side. That was the suit I took. It was my wedding suit actually. So a few days go by and we go to Chartin for the big race, mate. And I, I, I walk into the committee room with Matt Tripp and all the guys that I work for, right? With yeah. Bet Easy back in the day. And they looked at me, mate. I had a ripped suit. I had fucking bruising. I had to shake their hand like this, right? And they go, what, what the fuck happened to you? Did you just get attacked by a cat or something on the way here? And I told them the story, mate. They loved it. But geez, my, my right shoulder's still cooked, man. Oh, from that. really? Yeah, I never had it reconstructed. Oh, you haven't had it scanned or anything? <laughs> no, nah, it's cooked. Like, yeah, anyway. Oh, mate, yeah, that, that is just a day out. <laughs> just a day out that you don't want. <laughs> Stock standard. And couldn't it? Yeah, that's a, that's a normal night out. <laughs> <laughs> we call that a Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is brilliant. Well, let's get back to the derby. The Derby or the Derby? The lot I of call it Derby. Derby yeah, is a Derby Victorian day. thing. Derby is more. When I was in Perth, Perth, the Derby, I think it's an SA thing maybe as well. But um, You're going to hate me because I think that, I mean, they're so hard. Who can stay the trip? And they're all coming from different form lines from Sydney and Victoria and all over the place. But the favourite, I think it's three bucks, Riff Rocket is a Chris Waller horse. Go back and watch its repay last Saturday. This thing at about the 300 uh, J-Mac pushed the button and it just exploded and won by five and a half lengths, like a breathtaking. Mm. So on the back of that, I don't know what price it was before Saturday, but, I mean, you can't go past it. I'm I'm not a guy that tips favourites. I, I don't like it. Um, but 
you know, in every every race you've asked me about, like you can make a genuine case for West Wind Blows, Amelia's Jewel, and certainly if it can stay the trip, mate, that horse looks like it could be anything. Yeah, I'm with you. I saw that. Because you get a bit worried about the Sydney horses coming down to Melbourne, but yeah, it, just, it just blew them apart. Um, some horses can run run a really strong mile and some run, you know, really strong There's a, 2,000. Yeah. Uh, but um, the Derby's a different kettle of fish. 2,500. You know? it's, it's, I mean, you don't know because none of the horses have run that distance before the Derby. So you're guessing, you know, it looks like it can – can stay and look like it hit the line well at 2,000 or whatever. But that last two, three hundred metres is, you know, is really when you find out and they can just hit a wall or they can accelerate away and you go, geez, that was impressive. That's where I really like the Mar and Eustace. You know, like, the, you know, you're talking about Gay Waterhouse. You know that they're, they're traditionally pretty good over the distance, aren't they, Wallow? Like the, the trainer comes into it a little bit as well, do you reckon? No, nah, 100%. And Mar Eustace are great at, uh, at training stays. Name a couple of other so, yeah, horses. There's well, another horse. Militarise at 460. Too is, short. And then Tom Kitten at nine. Yeah, which, not a fan of Tom Kitten. There's another one there. Ambassadorial that's a, King Colorado Again, Bear, Ravello, uh, uh, Rogeria, I can't even say it, Shalite, Snowman, Deputy. Yeah, okay. To be frank, they're all $13. It's a real open, it's pretty open, but there's two clear favourites, which is Riff Rocket and Centrify, is it Centrify in that race? Uh, um, can't see it. Might be. Well, it's, it's, it's not in the, um, nah, it's not in the thing there, but uh, obviously we're still a few weeks out. Yeah. But yeah, Riff Rocket. Well, we'll stick with you. We, we, you've given three crackers, so we've got to stick with it. Now, now we get to the cup and we get to some value. Yeah, yeah. so let's get to the cup while we're on that. While we're giving your tips out, Melbourne Cup. We've got Nathan Broad and all the all the Tigers boys. It's good and, horse. And uh, I'll be back. Actually, I don't think I will back it because I don't want to curse it. Every time I do back it, it ain't winning. It's and then really when I don't, horse. it wins. It's 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 amazing what happens. I think Snap Dance of the boys. I was telling Big JB about it the other week because he was Cammy Manuel and a few of the boys were in that. I reckon I backed it. Every time I backed it, it comes second, and every time I didn't, it won, and it won that many races. Um, I just stopped betting on it. But the uh, the boys with the, you know, I think it's, what is it, $6 in a Melbourne Cup or seven fifty. Like, can you imagine, Brown Dog, if that was you? Like, Melbourne Cup, you know what I mean? Like, you've born and so bred. Good. Like, it's it's eight fifty. It's the fourth favourite in a Melbourne Cup. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's run, its last two runs have been enormous. Yeah, it's got a habit of missing the start. Which makes life hard, you know, like just slow out. It's just mm. slow out of the gates. Um, it was again on Saturday, ran you know, a great third. It's a very good horse. Um, there's a horse here that at, at like 60 to 1 um, that you could absolutely have something small on. Liam Howley trains it. It's called Virtuous Circle. If you shop around, there's some there's some places actually offering 100 to 1 on this horse, um, but it's around about, you know, 60, 65 to 1. Um, it's Bart Cummings run was, was really good. Um, it's 22 in the order of entry, so it doesn't have a confirmed start yet, but there'll be a little bit of natural attrition. There'll be some horses that get scratched or whatever, and it's going to carry 51 kilos, which, you know, it's a four-year-old, 51 kilos. You, you, you've beat the handicapper there. You're getting in light, and it can handle wet, or good deck, so it's pretty versatile. Not a superstar, but with no weight on its back, fit. If it gets the right run, I mean, we've seen we've seen Prince of Penzance win at hundred to one. Like it's mm. it's not beyond the realms. There's some great spruik on some of the international horses that have come over and a few things like that. But um, 
I would say that virtual circle, you could have something very small on it at that price and just let it ride. That's good. Some value. You've given us some favourites and then a $61 pop. Yeah. That's what everyone wants, especially on Cup want, Day. Mate. You know, anyone can tip a favourite. You don't even need to be <laughs> too smart to do that. But um, what that's a, right. What about the race in general and the day? What, what, what do you love about it? Like it's a very tough day to – like we're talking about having a pun. It's one of the most difficult days. You almost should put it away and just put your stupid trifectas on with your, you know, your family and anyone that's around. Just tell them to pick a horse. But the actual day in itself, I'd imagine the the, the, the Vats the tent, like you were saying, that, that's the day it would be going off with the who's who's in town. You'd have some funny stories at the Cup Day, wouldn't you, Brownie? Um, traditionally, I have been a guy that liked to watch the Cup at home. I reckon it's a good day. You go to Derby Day, you have a really big day, and Cup, for me, always, um, because, yeah, you've either got school the next day or footy training the next day or whatever, um, was it was a day that you just, you just you know, had a few beers at home, had a barbie and everything. I've gone to the last few working on SEN track, which has been great fun. I mean, in particular, felt very, very, very privileged that during COVID, racing was considered an essential service. <laughs> <laughs> Who, who took that one off, by the way? That's outstanding. That is isn't just outstanding, isn't it? Considering what was going on. <laughs> isn't it great? Martin Pakula. <laughs> what a man. Uh, which kept me in a job. Yeah. You know, I was, I was you know, driving around town, had my little <laughs> essential No traffic. You would have been loving life. worker, right? <laughs> you had paramedics and that going past, and then there's me the brand dog. driving into SEN track to – a tip for the day. It was the fucking greatest thing of all, all time. More issues in Vogue. You know? just yeah, yeah. So fuck you, Dan Andrews. The dog's going in to tip a couple of winners. <laughs> Essential. <laughs> Essential. <laughs> um, so I actually got pulled over a couple of times throughout the, the pandemic and stuff and, um, and yeah, the coppers were just, just doing their job. No other cars on the road, wind down your window. What, what are you doing out? You know, and I just pull out, like literally a, like – the printout, right? Here you go. It's like a get out of jail free card. Right? <laughs> and and they'd like look at it and they go, It's midnight. <laughs> Why are you on the road? It's like, oh fuck, they had me doing uh, Deauville in France. You, know? <laughs> you, you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> you know, and I'd give this story like, oh, you think I want to be up doing, you know, Ascot at two in the morning? Um, <laughs> Essential service, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Just driving over a mate's joint. Um, no one can contain the dog. Five, no. five kilometres, fuck that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and you would have been wearing your havies in the car. <laughs> um, yeah, so cup days. I mean, my, my favourite racing memory is, is media puzzle uh, winning, um, you know, Damien Oliver. I reckon it's one of the greatest uh, – not just racing stories, but stories in Australian sporting history, you know, triumph out of adversity. Um, his brother had just passed mm. away from a, a riding accident. He, he's got Damien riding um, in the Melbourne Cup, wearing his brother's silks, wins the Melbourne Cup, piloted it beautifully, just the pressure and the emotion and everything of that week to be able to go out there and execute the ride and win. And then when he stands up in – in the irons and points to the sky. Oh, mate, I'll still get goosebumps. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's, 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 is there a movie on it? I think, is there a movie on it? Or yeah, yeah, I think so. I think yeah, I've there seen, was. Yeah, um, yeah. And he's obviously just announced his retirement. He's going to ride through the spring. He'll go over to Perth, which is where he's from, and ride those group ones in um, 
December, you know, the, yeah, the back end of summer. Years day, and then he's done. Oh, he's done. He's retired. He's hanging them up. Yeah, so what, geez, a, what a what we'll miss him. Yeah, but so that's that when you speak Melbourne Cups, obviously my famous speech um back at Bray's apartment <laughs> after a very elegant one that, that, I haven't that, heard went, this one. that went viral. Uh, I haven't heard this one. Oh, mate, it was like four in the morning. He had a, he had a huge party afterwards. All the connections came. Um, and then he invited about 10 blokes back to his place. And The context, he owned a very elegant and – Yeah, incentivised. Incentivised. And he's owned, you know, he's owned a heap of and great horses. And the quinella of the uh, cup. We're great mates and it was – it, when he when he won his first ever Mel uh, when he won his first ever Group One it was the Turnbull Stakes, um, Humidor, and we were at the Emerson that night and we we're on the piss and someone him or someone said Brownie you know you're you're a Group One winner now Bray is give him a speech, <laughs> so I got on the table I gave this speech right and um, security wanted to throw me out. <laughs> um, Big shout out to Mark Hinckley who owns the club. Uh, dog doesn't get thrown out of the <laughs> yes. Emerson. I do now that he sold it, but uh, actually I can't get in. <laughs> but on this particular occasion, uh, I gave this you know bit of a speech about the race and how. And so I ne- didn't think about it again. Three or four years went past. He wins the Melbourne Cup, and we're back there, you know, having ha- having a celebration and everything. And he said, "Oh, Brownie, give us another speech." So I got up on his table. And I, I was holding the Melbourne Cup and I'd, I'd actually poured half a Malibu, <laughs> some pineapple, I think a bit of orange juice because we ran out of pineapple, in the cup. <laughs> Four o'clock, you know, Melbourne Cup night. And I gave this big speech and Sonny Roth, who won the Melbourne Cup last year with Gold Trip actually, he he filmed it. And I knew he was filming it and, was, and we did this great speech. It was pretty funny. And um, the next day... <laughs> The next day, like he'd, it was the old fashioned something goes viral. Oh, because yeah. he flicked it to a few friends who flicked it to a few friends. And the next two days later, I'm walking through Flemington for the Oaks because I was working. <laughs> and um, all these people, <laughs> like, Brownie, I saw your, your, your Melbourne Cup speech. Right? Like, I was like, what the fuck? Like, now, now I know how, like, some of those footy players and that, you know, feel when stuff goes viral. Bad viral on him. This was good viral, so I didn't care. Yeah. Oh, what did you think? Yeah, yeah, good on you, mate. But um, bad viral? Oh, yeah. You can't shut that shit down. No, nah, and before I am, you would have went to sleep and gone, I don't remember much of that. Well, you it remember great. it, but you, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you through the, I'll send you through yeah, the speech. We'll, get that you might up, better. we'll get the speech. Edit it into the, And you love a speech. You do a good speech, a bit like the Vegas one. Only if one. I'm prepared. I need oh. to be prepared. I, I reckon if you just th- put it on me. And I don't have, you know, I get upset that I've missed you know, important facts. And you need to, I, yeah, you're right. I like the, you know, I like the little things, like, and you know, the details. Details. That's what makes a great story. Is and it? And you are the great right. storyteller. <laughs> so you need to have the details <laughs> for these stories and these. I'd imagine for these big speeches, I'd love to be around another big brown dog rev up. Let's move through. We're going to skip. Um, yeah, Oaks is too hard, skip mate. Oaks. Honestly, like, no one like, throw a dart at a dartboard and yep. um, too hard. Have some fun there. Plus Thursday, it's we all kind of get ready for stay stay. So, are there any other? We we have skipped over a few, but are there any other races? Obviously, there's some big races that you like while we're here, just talking about horse racing because we are doing the spring carnival preview with the brand dog, um, and 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 jumping around. But this will be the last time you give a tip. Is there anything else that you like that's worth um, bringing up for a future? Uh, especially, I mean, is that there's obviously the champion sprint and champions mile, but Anything else that you think other than that? Not really. No, we've covered the main ones. I mean, Imperatrice is a superstar, so you can just back her 
every time she goes around, she's going to be short, but just anchor in a few multis. If you like one or two other things for the day, just put imperatrice in because um, – in the, Is that in a sprint? In the sprints, yeah. So um, Manicato, um, the, the, the sprint down the straight at Flemington, the Coolmore, I think it used to be called. I don't think the horse will get beaten this prep. She's two from two already and just flying. G- deliberately going to avoid the Everest because they've got their eye on a few other things, but pro- like proper horse. Does the dog really set himself for the Saturday? You know what I mean? Like you would go Derby Day and Stakes Day are traditionally the days that we really get going. Like who's your crew you go with or you're working it now? It just changes, yeah. So I'll, uh, I'll go Derby Day probably with some friends. I, I work Cup and, and Oaks Day on SEN track. Um, and then Stakes Day – I'm usually pretty cast by then. Like mm. I'm a bit tired and um, so, yeah, that, that's always – I've got a mate, Quilly. You, you know Quilly. The great man. I think he's missed two Flemington carnivals, only two days in 16 years. So he does the four every time, does the four, does the four, does the oh, four. wow. He missed one because he, he, he ran through the nursery and picked a guy up. And did his ACL. So that was that was a few years ago. He missed a day, which is probably fair enough. I call him weak as piss. You know, should have just pushed the operation back. And, but can you imagine going to all four? Nah. Mate, it's it, – It's a big week. That's and a big week. You need all the suits. You need to change your kit. You know, like you're wearing a different suit. It's an expensive week if you're not up as well. Yeah, and another mate as well that, um, that used to love going to the races on – you know, throughout the Flemington Carnival, and he'd po- he'd always post it. Used to you know wear a nice suit and jacket and a bit flamboyant, and he'd always get into the bird cage and he'd be in a marquee and he'd post you know where he was. And about four years straight, his house got robbed. <laughs> 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 mate, I was, I was just starting. I said to him, mate, like, like it's really unfortunate, but I reckon you could be playing into the hands of the crooks. <laughs> Maybe change it up a bit. You know, you know you're know, letting them know where you are and when you are. Then they're fucking hitting him, mate. It was gold. Oh. So if, he, if he'd done his ass on the bun, he'd go home to his house ransacked. <laughs> used to have a bit of cash under the bed, I think. Oh, shit. <laughs> unbelievable. That is unbelievable. Um, <laughs> so Rupert Clark stakes. Nah. No, nah. nothing in there. Uh, no, no, that's 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 been uh, that's a bit later. We've got uh, the champions mile, I which can't is find, I can't even find it on me on my phone. So on, so on stakes day, you've got the champion sprint, which is the twelve hundred meters down the straight. Yep, cracking race, great race. All the quickest horses, you know, in in the country. Hope Private Eye comes down from Sydney. Uh, it's running. It ran a really good second in the um, Everest last year. I think it's a real chance to um to to run well here. Imperatrice will run in that. Um, and then you've got the the mile, the champion's mile, which, you know, there's Antino, Mr. Brightside, Alligator Blood, Amelia's Jewel. Um, I didn't mind attrition in, in that race, just about around 15 bucks. Yep. Um, really good horse. And um, I think that that's probably the value there. And then the 2,000 metre champion stakes uh, race, which, again, is an absolute belter. You'll have a few trying to back up from – I was going to say, Amelia's Jewel and, and Brightside, you, you, you're hearing their names a bit. Do you just yeah. stick with them and just – Nah. nah they'll be, will they be knackered by then? Well, sometimes. It's, hard, mate, it's very hard to back up, you know, when you're on the quick back up and seeing a few horses come undone. A tissues, 
if there's a bit of sting out of the ground, if there's a bit of rain around, a tissue would be, you know, be a nice bet. At, um, yeah. I think 21's in a 15. So, yeah, it's probably a bit probably a bit too far to look because so much can change in th- three or four weeks. I reckon, you know, Caulfield Cup, Cox Plate, Derby, and then after – and then Cup, but after that, just – Suck it and see a bit on what the weather's doing and, and yeah. think a few things like that. There you go. Well, that's our little cup preview. You got the tips. You got some stories from the dog. Um, anything else for for that week? You've got. I love hearing any more. I, I don't want to prompt you and say any more stories, but at Flemington in particular, or we've already met. Was, so let's just recap what we've spoken about, dog. So there's. There's, well, there is an attire and you have to wear it, but the dog does get around that because he's the dog. Um, Organise your transport at Flemington. There'd yeah. be one massive one. That's Never actually go a, one out in the quaddy if you're with your mates. Never go one out in the quaddy in the last leg. Um, last leg. If you're going to go one out, go early because yeah, if you do get it, then you get the value, but go wide late. Yeah. That's a very important tip. Yeah. The third, um, that's it's probably the two. Yeah, I reckon. Two I main reckon. tips. We don't need a third. Nah. Just try and weasel your way into and don't, oh, and the stuff. third would be don't don't have a bet on a photo finish with, <laughs> with Yeah. But with I reckon if you if you if you stroll with confidence towards a marquee, right? With an air of oh, you're meant to be in there, very rarely will security or the you know, the girl at the door that's got the clipboard and everything. <laughs> so I famously got a two year ban. From the Mum Marquee, um, f- because my mate, Mum Marquee for a decade had tried to get a pool into the marquee, right? And they were going through occupational health and safety with the VRC for years and they couldn't get it approved. And finally, <laughs> like 2017 or something, they got a pool. Like a genuine floating yeah, yeah, pool. Yeah, pool, a proper pool inside the marquee. Yeah. And it was, it was unbelievable. They had water acrobats that would come down a pole and they'd be in the water dancing and everything. And and um, I had a mate that, you know, ran the Mumaki, so so me and a few mates got in and what do you reckon happened? I reckon you're in there. I wasn't. But my mate had had a few drinks and he said, oh, Brandy, what do you reckon? Yeah, I, should, I should go for a, a swim. <laughs> and, and I was like... Fucking great idea. <laughs> Egging him on. Mate, so he gave me his wallet, his phone, his his VRC membership and his jacket and he's standing there in full suit, you know, but just not the jacket and, and valuables and he's waiting, he's looking around, there's 200 people in there. The, the, the last race had just been run and won, so the DJ's on and everyone's having a good time and there was a security guard just loitering near the pool, probably for this exact reason, and – this goes to show you never switch off because this security guard ha- hadn't defaulted from his job <laughs> the whole day. And then in a, in a moment of, of weakness maybe, <laughs> he went across into the dance floor for 10 seconds and started dancing. The security guard? Yeah, yeah. He, he moved from his post. <laughs> and my mate, Big Jim, right, he ran, he jumped, and there's, you know, he slid like a penguin across the tiles and into the water, right? And he's in the pool, and the joiner has erupted, absolutely erupted, right? And um, security sort of sees, and he comes back, and all hell breaks loose, and he gets up the stairs, and he starts dancing. Oh, I've got vision of that as well. We'll, we'll definitely play that. He's got vision, right? So security, two of them, they grab him, and they usher him out the back, 
And uh, I'm sort of standing there with his gear and I was like, oh, my God, like that was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I hope he's all right. Like I hope he's safe out the back. So I sort of give my mates the gear and I walk around the back and um, so I put my head around the back and uh, I go, hey, hey, lads, and security had him. I said, lads, uh, he's with me, so he's not to be touched. And they look and they go, oh, fucking course he is, right? <laughs> so I got him out safely to a degree and um, we got a two-year ban from the mum. We got a two-year ban, me and him. That's fair. So I wasn't allowed to go. Is that expired? It ex- well, I only sat one year out because the following year, the second year, um, I had full reason to – I knew my band was two years. I wasn't going to go. And um, I got a call from Johnny Stephenson. <laughs> he rings me. He's like, Brown Dog, where are you? He calls me the Wildcat. He's like, Wildcat, where are you? <laughs> Wildcat. And I was like, mate, I'm, I'm on the lawn in the members. He's like, come to the birdcage. I want to see you. you know? I was like, yeah, righto. So I get to the birdcage area and there's marquees everywhere. And I ring him again. I say, mate, wh- where are you? He goes, I'm in the marquee. I was like, yeah, which one? He goes, mum. <laughs> Yeah, fuck, man. I've long story. <laughs> long story. I short. can't come and meet you. He's like, why not, cat? I said, well, I've got another year to run on my my suspension. Right? <laughs> Who the fuck gets suspended from a marquee in the birdcage? <laughs> anyway, uh, I did, and so I, I go, fuck. He goes, no, mate, leave it with me. Leave it with me. So I walk up to the door, this is, this is, and this was a great moment for me. I walk up to the door, and there's the security guard, you know, from the last couple of years, and. Uh, he looks up from his clipboard and he goes, Campbell, look, you know you can't come in. I was like, yeah, I know. I said, but my friend wants me to come in for a drink. And he goes, who's your friend? And I go, oh, Usain Bolt, right? Because <laughs> John and Usain are, are oh, close and know Usain that. knows the Wildcat quite well. Um, and so the guy like looks at me like, you're kidding yourself, like, nice try. And then Usain comes running over going, Wildcat, Wildcat, come in, come in, come in. And I, and I stood there and I looked at this guy and he goes, right, no. <laughs> and when they, me and Usain and the cat and um, Johnny Steph had a few drinks and had a great had a great day. Oh, that's so, outrageous. yeah, um, I got my two years suspension bumped by a year because of, of Usain. Oh, that is outstanding. It's good times. Mate, that is one of the crack. That is one of your best <laughs> <laughs> the cat, the wild cat. The wild cat yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, and you're rubbing shoulders. Like you, you saying Bolt just on that. Like, what's he like? Obviously, you know him well. Like, man, that is that is that is one of the biggest names in the world. Like, if you love your sport, like yeah, we no, do. He's like, a, he's a ripping bloke. And yeah. is he? And is he? So when he's in those just tents, fun, just just yeah. fun, just having his drinks, happy to socialize, you know, socialize. friendly, humble, humble. Um, he he wasn't wrapped with me because I sent him through. The tips for that oh. day, and I think I went zero from eight. You know, like, <laughs> so he did. He did his money. Yeah, he abused me, um, but no, great, great guy. Him and Johnny Steph are great mates, and that's how I sort of you know, got invited into their inner sanctum. But just a you know, really humble guy, but yeah. likes a good time, mate. Like us, like yeah. the listeners of this podcast. Yeah, they love just to have, have a laugh. Fun, yeah, they love to have a laugh. It's, that is a. That, that, I mean, this this is why we do this one with you because if you're going to talk spring carnival, no one's had more experiences than the dog. And oh, mate, that is I reckon you've told me some crackers. That's got to be right up there. <laughs> who are you with? I did not. Who are you with? Oh, just Usain Bolt, yeah. you know. And the guy on the door just he goes, I forget Come half in. of these stories, mate. Yeah, but like, yeah, like I I got sus- so I got 29 weeks suspension on the footy field. <laughs> 
I got suspended from the birdcage. <laughs> Fuck knows how. And, mate, I'm the only person in the history of the EJ Witten charity game to go in the book. <laughs> I coat-hanged I Michael Osborne <laughs> in the game and they reported me. That's great. How the fuck can you report someone from a charity game? I was, give, I was giving my time for free. You know? <laughs> God, you are a very uh, generous man. I, I mean, even the even that running uh, the, running the twenty five k while thinking you're on the piss and having a steak that that's um that's right up there, mate. Well, brother, that's uh that's what we wanted. I wanted you back on. Um, I wanted you to come in here and give us a couple of tips because you do, I know you, you tell everyone, like, oh, yeah, it was zero for mate, but you do back a lot of winners. Um, and and they're always juicy. As I said, that's how we first met. My mates all fucking loved you. And they, every time Spring Carnival come around, they would just DM the dog and the dog would send a few crackers in. Now, mate, you know when you go to the races, you always look sharp. I had to make sure that – at Rick's, we've, yeah. we've, we've obviously um, everything's going really well and this is our favourite time of the year, spring carnival, the sun starts to come out all across the country. It's really the most important you know, time of the year for us and there's this one style that we've sold out two or three times and they're actually out of stock at the moment. I think we'll be back on, you know, these are coming back in a couple of weeks um, but I made sure to hold Thanks, brother. A, a special pair just aside, so I've got the Soho cherries for the dog, oh, mate. So there you the go. Cherries. Whack mate, them so you on. know, like I was always a Ray Ban guy. You know that. Yeah. Like that's what yeah. I was rolling with in in um, Vegas and stuff. But but since you've given me a couple of bricks, mate, that's all I wear. Yeah, I know. I see. Like, they're unbelievable. Look at that, mate. Soho, oh, Soho cherry, the dog. <laughs> <laughs> that's bad. Like, and you are. You're great. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. Mate, mate, I'll be wearing these spring garments. No I'm more issues. No more issues for you. You have to change that tea. You're all sweet now, brother. <laughs> Love that. Um, Thank you, mate. No, nah, no, nah, pleasure. No, nah, very uh, – no, I see you in the um, – I always see you in the Melrose Mints. That's the one. And they're, and they're always – when you're doing the potty or at the races, I thought, we've well, got to get him the Soho cherries for the spring carnival. They'll bring some luck as well, Randolph. You've got to wear sunnies at the races for multiple reasons, not just because the sun's out. Just, <laughs> just sunnies are very important. Exactly. We've got the gradient lens, so you might want a darker lens. Lens, depending on who you are, or you can be like the dog and That's you've got the it. gradient lens. Dog, leave them on for me and tell me, if you're going to go to the races, right, I want to know the one place in the world, not not just Melbourne, in the world, the track that you'd love to yep. go to, you'd take your Rick's eyewear with yep, you, I the would. Cherry Sohos, and the two blokes you'd go with and why? Oh, mate, good question. Oh, I'm actually looking at putting uh, – together a little little trip to the Kentucky Derby next year. It's the 150th running of the Kentucky Derby, um, obviously over in America, and as famous a race as the Melbourne Cup. It's their equivalent. Um, I've never been there. You know, I've done – I went to Royal Ascot this year, ticked that bucket list. I've obviously spoken about Hong Kong and Sha Tin and Happy Valley, tick. Um, There's some great race courses out there, but I reckon Kentucky. So if anyone's interested in coming – on a on a trip, mate. We'll try and organise some sort of rort and and get there. Um, that'd be the place I'd go. I'd take these and oh, who are the two blokes that I'd want to go with? Jeez, two's hard. Obviously, you want more, but you got to pick two for the Kentucky Derby Derby. Do I, ha- do I have to? Like, do I have to know them? Like, can I pick someone that like? Mate, might- you got you don't have rules. The brand dog has no rules. The so person can- that I always always wanted, and he's obviously not with us anymore. Um, but I would have loved to have gone to the races with Kerry Packer, mate. Like, just didn't like. I, don't, I think I don't give a fuck. But it's much easier not to give a fuck when you're a billionaire. Right? 
<laughs> you know, like he says, uh, anyone that doesn't minimise their tax has got rocks in their heads. Why would we want to pay more tax than we have to? <laughs> you don't spend it well enough for us to want to pay it more. It's just a legendary quote. So I'm going to say Kerry Pack. I know it's probably not yep, the answer that no, you wanted. No, I don't have but any he'd roll in and have like $4 million on horses back in the 80s, Did mate. He? Yeah. He Did sent he? A, he sent a couple of bookies had nervous breakdowns because they would take him on and if they if the horses lost, they would buy waterfront mansions in Vaucluse, right, because they've made a fortune. But if the horses won, they'd be de- desolate, bankrupt, gone. Wow. So there's one famous bookie that put his house on the market or whatever about eight times, right, because he had to pay <laughs> Kerry and then Kerry would lose or the best ever. That is crazy. There's um, one. Okay. And... Uh, It'd be number two. Probably you, brother. I enjoy oh, your company. you're too nice. We, uh, we have a good time. I reckon we'll be hitting the uh, hitting the streets overseas a little <laughs> bit more over the journey. <laughs> we go well. Leave me out and give me one more. I'm going to say John Stephenson. Yeah, he's a, he's an absolute beauty. So I'd say that Johnny Steph. He'd have man. great energy. I don't know him, great but I'd energy. imagine his energy and his vibe. He'd be always up and about. I took him down to Tassie with me a couple of times to the, um, to the races down there, mate. Judged fashions on the field because he's a bit of a yeah he's a rooster, rooster. he's he's a good man yeah there you go Kentucky Derby with the Ricks mate you can take them off now anyone else out there that wants a pair of Ricks as I said they're the Soho cherries we've got them back on I think they're back in stock in a um, in a week we've just released some brand new Sunnies um, we've got our special discount code Aces. Uh, if you use that at uh, checkout, you get 20% off and free express shipping. So it's a nice, juicy discount. Um, and like I said, we're restocking, and, and especially the cherry ones. I don't know what's going on with this cherry color, but it's been amazing. We should have done it from the start. So if you want a pair, get in quick is what I will say. Uh, but we've also got plenty of other designs and styles and colors. So check out rickseyewear.com.au and use the discount code ACES for 20% off before we go to Milwaukee Tools and hand you some tools, talk to, before you know the, the can the like, everyone has to say gamble responsibly, but Campbell responsibly, mate. I want to know how this all come about, and and is there a chance of just a couple of us featuring in season two? Because when I watch these ads, oh, they're, 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 mates, there's yeah. a couple of mates that if you do know the dog, their mates are they're playing a role in the background, and it is gold, mate. Like it's outstanding. Who well, come I up like with my, it? I like my boys to come along for the journey. It's a bit like you know, Mark Wahlberg in Entourage, right? <laughs> yes. That's how he got him involved. Um, so uh, la- I do some stuff for Labrokes, and they came up with the idea of obviously my name's Campbell, and the, the the catch cry for all gambling companies is gamble responsibly. So they just changed it to gamble responsibly, and got me doing a heap of responsible things that I would never do, like drive slowly and <laughs> portion control when you're eating chocolate and. Um, you're pouring yourself a beer, you know, like like pouring it moderately and all this sort <laughs> yeah, of shit, you yeah. know. And I had a few mates involved in the in the shoot. And um, yeah, I think we're doing season two. So what that looks like, I'm not sure, but I'm gonna put a few things on the table. Like if you're gonna be responsible, you know, you might pull out a condom, give it to someone if they're going on a date. Or something like that. that's responsible, right? It is, it you know, is. Child control. Um, so you're going to really meet, you're going to go to this meeting this time and bring your ideas. Not bring just, some, not I don't just, think any of them will actually be allowed <laughs> to pass. So, um, but you got to bring stuff to the table, don't you? You do. So you yeah, do. Campbell Responsibly, episode two. Mate, Campbell Responsibly, condom on? brand. There's, there you go. So you got Malibu, you got Malibu pineapple in a can, right? <laughs> so you're, you change the Malibu to the brown dog, right? 
and then you've got Campbell responsibly condoms. Imagine that. That'd be. I mean, you got these ideas just everywhere around you. You just need to implement one, mate. You know, you just never know. They always ask about the founders and about us, and it's like, bang, you've got it. You've got it all right here. Just got no idea how to execute anything. <laughs> well, hopefully that thing in the Melbourne Cup gets up, and you can put a bit of that cash towards nah, it. Hopefully some of those hit, hit the line, and, and we get some results over spring. We will track these, and get, we'll put a little uh, thing up to yeah, follow the dogs. Hit, um, and, and hit I reckon, Tommy up if you win some money and uh, and let us know how you go over the spring. It would be good. Now, Matt, you don't, as I said, you, our friends, we can't do this without Milwaukee tools. So you're you're going home with um, our tools here and um, and a, a big shout out to Milwaukee. In fact, I'll pass you over Thanks, there and mate. you can hold on to that. Beautiful. We've got you there. You got you, you know, you, you get, every, they look up, I mean, they, they, without, without Milwaukee, as everyone knows, it's, uh, this thing doesn't tick and they've been a great supporter of ours. I don't think I've, ever, I don't think I asked you in the last one, but how do you, do you how do you go in the garden? Like, are you a, are you a handy man in the, in the, like with the outdoors or are you more like me? You just got no idea. <laughs> no, no, I go, I go really well. Like everything gets done and done beautifully. I just, um, I just pay a gardener to do it. <laughs> So that's mate, why you seen these hands, mate. Oh yeah, you got no they, calluses. Nah, on. Nah, yeah. they, they Even I, I've got a little. That's that, and I've done nothing. They so. don't work, mate. They, you got soft hands for a heart. You know, someone that was hard at the heart of the at the nut. Well, I don't because I don't do anything with them. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate, that is brilliant. <laughs> that is brilliant. Um, well, mate, you'll go, you'll be going home here with the Milwaukee M12 brushless pruning ch- uh, shears with the leather holster. Um, lightweight yeah. design offers maximum accessibility and control while reducing user fatigue. 1,500 cuts per charge on a 13-millimeter branch. It comes with a 2.5-amp starter pack and a leather holster to get you started, which is right behind me. So, mate, when you're paying your gardener, make sure they've got the right equipment and you can uh, clean up the garden. What do you think the handiest moment um, of your career has been so far? You, you you were known as you know hard back pocket, but you used to be able to kick some goals as well. What's the handiest thing you did on the footy field that comes to mind? Oh, for a bloke like me, mate, probably just playing me role. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I've got a shit, give me a shit that response. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the coach, man. I'm not the GM at draft camp. You know when you're at the draft and you're saying that shit, you don't. Nah, the hand, look. Think about the, the handiest. The handiest thing I reckon I've ever done. It's and I, I take the piss a lot, but I don't reckon many people act, would have been capable of doing this. I'm blowing my own trumpet a little bit here. That's what but it's it, about. But in that in that grand final against the Cats, I, I started forward, right, and and was playing sort of half forward, forward pocket, hitting the scoreboard. But then halfway through the second quarter, when Trent Crow broke his foot and went off, I went from forward pocket to full back and played on Cam Mooney who'd been tearing the game to shreds and um, gave up six inches. You know what I mean? Tell me how many fucking blokes could do that. Nah. Kept him goalless in the second half. We're going to win the flag. That um, is. That's, that is pretty handy. That, <laughs> that is very handy. That is a Milwaukee tool. <laughs> I feel like such a tool. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the facts. It's facts, mate. You can't, you can't rewrite history, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that is our Milwaukee tool handiest moment with the, with the brown dog. Please don't clip that up and make <laughs> me look like a fuckhead. Sure. <laughs> don't make me look like a fuckhead. <laughs> no, you look great. And as I said, that's the one segment we've got where you have to reflect and talk about yourself and be serious. I don't like talking about myself. I know, I know. You're a good man. Mate, love having you on. Um, it's always an absolute pleasure to see you. Um, to, to Reeks and to Milwaukee Tools, thank you so much for your support. To everyone that tunes into the podcast every single 
week, whether it's um, Tommy Talks or all the other ones that we've been doing. As I said, huge shout out. We're now warming, you know, the footy seasons are done. We've got the NFL in full flight. Uh, spring carnival is about to pop off and uh, and there's no one better to talk about it than the dog. So thank you so much to everyone that watches, listens, follows us on all our accounts. Please keep your support up. We've got some huge plans coming and um, we're only about, you know, we're only allowed to do that because of you guys. Um, and most importantly as well, Brand Dog, thanks so much for coming on, mate. Pleasure, brother. WTB, thank you. Uh, I really appreciate your time, um, your stories and your energy, mate. I could sit here all day and talk to you, but I think we've got to save some more stories for the next the one. Third so. Surely <laughs> yeah. not. Kentucky uh, Derby, mate. We'll see everyone listening. If you yeah, want to go, hit the dog up and we'll get a big package together. What date is it, the Derby? Uh, it is the first week of May. Okay, so it's so always we- the same time as the Warnable Races. Yep. Um, so yeah, be end of April, early, early May. It's there you go. We'll stay tuned for that one. You never know what's happening there. Um, all right, guys, that's it. Thank you. Appreciate your support and, uh, we'll see you on the next podcast. Take care. One more time because I really mean it. I just want to say a massive thank you for all the support you continue to give us at the Oz American Aces. If you want to further support us, make sure you like and subscribe, hit the follow button so you can keep up to date with all our exciting shows and announcements. Righto, now it's time to give our sponsors a massive plug. Lead the charge with Milwaukee. Performance, power, precision, no petrol hassles. Learn more at milwaukeetool.com.au. Milwaukee, nothing but heavy duty. Aces, I know I always talk about the Rixies, but I've got to offer you the discount again. In case you've forgotten or in case you're sleeping under a rock, We have a special discount code for everyone that listens to this podcast or watch the podcast. It's ACES. Head online to rickseyewear.com.au and use the discount code ACES and you'll get 20% off. That's right, 20% off, one-fifth at checkout and free express shipping. So head online, rickseyewear.com.au and check it out.